welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years. I was his care partner. On today's episode, we'll be getting a little personal, talking about a climbing trip that I have coming up. But first, our Parkinson's disease 101 segment. Fuck, I have Parkinson's. And I was planning a trip to go away for the holidays, finally after being stuck in the house for a year and a half. And now I've been given this diagnosis. And what is this going to mean for me trying to travel? What's it going to mean for me trying to pack? What's it going to mean for me facing my family and having to talk about the fact that I have Parkinson's now? Well... It's going to mean there's going to be some changes in how you do things. And that's all I want to say. You know, you may not be as quick to get things put into that suitcase. You may not be as quick to figure out how long it's going to take you to get to the airport and get organized. So what I would like to give you a little word of advice, and I think you'll hear this from Travis tonight when you hear him talking about what he does to prepare for a big trip is he has to be uber organized. And being someone who's not an uber organized person, me, living with someone who was not an uber organized person, Sandy, we really struggled for a lot of years to figure out how we could go places, even if it was just going to a party or going to the store, getting out the door in a reasonable amount of time. So Travis, let's talk about what you do to go on a mountaineering climbing trip. Okay, Judy. Yeah, I was chuckling while you were speaking. Because it is so true, I'm not able to plan a trip with nearly the amount of short notice that I used to be able to. I started planning for this climbing trip almost two weeks ago, and I'm not yet leaving for another two weeks. So it is a month-long preparation. I've bought more meals that are the dehydrated, ready-to-eat style, and I'm planning my menu super meticulously to be easy to prepare as possible because like tonight I had trouble just making myself dinner. I've shared with you that I've started 
cooking myself breakfast in the morning, but night, some nights like tonight, dinner is just out of reach, and so planning on twenty miles hiking means that I know at the end of the day I'm going to be super tired, so what can I do to essentially have food that is ready to be eaten with a minimal amount of boiled water, throw a spoon in it, eat it. This is great, Travis. I think it's really important to look at what you're doing at this. And, you know, I want people to understand Travis is not talking about little day trips where he just takes these little hikes. Travis is, for those of you that don't know him, he's really a mountaineering expert, I would say, even though he might not call himself that. But this is years of experience of mountain climbing and hiking and doing some very, very extensive expeditions. And now he's really struggling with his Parkinson's right now. He's having some big issues. And we don't even need to talk about those tonight because what he really wants to talk about is he's going anyway, even if he has this shit going on that he doesn't want to talk about. And no one wants to really hear about it. So so I'm always amazed that he's willing to just like put it out there and and get out and do it. But you can see that he's thought about this very, very carefully. You know, when the first time I went camping with Sandy, our first backpacking trip, it was probably probably nine o'clock at night. Um, and I just want to say we were in our 20s a long time ago. It was probably nine o'clock at night. And Sandy said, yeah, let's go up to Big Sur and go backpacking. And we basically went to the the grocery store that was open around the corner from us and stocked up on a bunch of things like salami. And I don't even know what we bought, probably canned goods. And we bought whatever we could find. We really didn't think about dehydrated foods for backpacking. We had these heavy backpacks and we just ate our way through and left the next morning, like five in the morning. And we probably stayed up all night getting everything together. And so things really change when you have Parkinson's down the road. It's like you don't get to be quite as spontaneous as that trip was for us. And I mean, I have great memories of that trip. It was really fun. But when you have PD, you have to think about what it's going to take for you to get out of town, even just to figure the type of gear that you're going to need because of the weather changes that may take place. And make sure that you don't get too cold and you don't get too hot. And you don't. And that you have enough water and how you're going to plant your water stops and make sure that even if you have the water in your pack, making sure that you have a water bladder. So that there's a hose that comes over your pack shoulder so that you always have water. 
right there to just turn and bite and suck. That is critical. All those little steps, like making sure that you have the right kind of sleep pad that will enable you to have a good night's sleep. On the trail, it's even more important than it is normally. And as somebody that's had trouble with sleep, I've dedicated over $800 just to making sure I've got the right gear to getting a decent night sleeping. Which, honestly, Travis, I don't know how you could say you're going to have a decent night's sleep when you're on a trail sleeping on a sleeping pad. But I believe you, you know, and I'm sure that that pad is probably super cool and feels very much like your home bed. But I think the point you're... it's over four (laughs) inches thick. Wow. So... I mean, when I think about it, the amount of energy and time that you put into this to take this trip is exhausting in itself. And then you're going to go hike for 20 miles, which is, I don't even want to go down that road of what that's (laughs) going to be like, because I know this is going to be a tricky um, trail for you. So I, I find it really interesting how you approach this each time. And I I know I remember you talking at some point on one of our podcasts about how you did a trip where you thought it was going to take you half a day to get to the top. And instead, it was nighttime, and you weren't even close to the top, and you had to hang in a hammock on the side of a mountain. And I was so stunned by that because I thought, how the hell did he do that with the, having Parkinson's? I, I mean, how was he able to even just do that hammock? How did he not fall off the cliff? So, you know, I think about it and I realize that everything you do is extremely deliberate. And, and I think this is one of the things that I find inspiring about your approach to life is that Maybe someone would say, yeah, he's impulsive and kind of crazy to go on these hikes. But on the other side, they're very well thought out and well planned. Right. It is hardly impulsive if you understand the amount of labor I put into planning every meticulous detail. And so let me ask you this. You've planned every meticulous detail, but do you also plan for the things that aren't planned? Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. As a, a former mountain guide, I was taught always to expect the unexpected. And when I was taking my guiding instructor training that was something that we went over quite a bit was okay what would you do if x happens and what would you do if y happened yes it sounds like it could be so challenging to try to think ahead of all of those little things that can occur 
that for the rest of us, we would never think of. And, you know, I think this is pl- practical application, not just for mountain climbing. Clearly, this is you're planning to take a trip. Maybe you're going to, you had a trip plan to go to Europe. Maybe you had a trip plan just to go hang with your family over the holidays. Right. This is the exact same methodology. I'm planning a trip to Dallas this weekend when Sarah and I go to the Texas Pipe Show and a trip uh, to see my cousin. It's the exact same thing. It's like, what do I have? What do I need to take? And how can I remove the uncertainty? What training do I have to mitigate all of the what-ifs? Right. And I think that people that have had Parkinson's for a long time, sort of, they understand what this means. But if you haven't had PD that long and you haven't traveled with it, if you've maybe been diagnosed in the last year or two when you haven't been able to make a lot of trips, you have to rethink your way of doing things. And I say that a lot on this podcast because it's important to understand that you may not be able to maneuver through the airport the way you used to maneuver through the airport. And that's just a fact. You might be a little bit slower. You might find that the perception, your depth perception, your your ability to navigate through crowds of people are going to be difficult. And as soon as you get into the middle of carrying your bags and having your hands full and rushing to make a connection, that is inevitably the time when you have to urgently pee. (laughs) Yes, of course. I can totally relate to that one. I just want to say from my side, for sure. And and so, I mean, these are things, this is like when you say sort of life happens. This is where life happens. This is where you don't have that luxury quite so much that you used to have. Certainly when Sandy and I would travel, it was much more challenging to get really organized about how we were going to do it and what he would need. And I just want to say that the number one thing you have to think about before you think about anything is your meds. How are you going to transport your meds? You're not going to take 10 bottles of pills with you. So how do you travel with your medications. What do you do, Travis, when you're on this kind of a trip? I pack them all into smaller sample size bottles. I have a bottle of the Rotari that I got um, from my doctor the first time before I was 
officially prescribed it, and it's a smaller bottle. It holds about three days' worth of pills, and so when I bring two of them, that is six days' worth of pills, which is all I need for a four-day trip. Good. Did you notice that <laughs> math? Yes. I always bring more than I expect and need as a contingency. That's great. That's what I was going to say. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Because if you're going away for four days, you need six days. <laughs> and if you're going away for a week, you better take a week and a half or more because you never know what will happen. You could drop a pill. You could misplace the Knock bottle. Knock the mean, bottle over. Yeah, a million things can happen, right, with this. So I think it's really important to put that as your top priority, that you have enough medication, you plan it carefully, and you have it protected. And don't, whatever you do, if you're flying, don't pack it in your luggage. If you're checking in luggage, you never pack your meds in your check-on luggage. You always have it with you on your body. At some point, your carry-on, never put it in the suitcase that's going to be lost somewhere going to Hawaii when you're going to New York. You know, just, it's happened many times for people. Right, and I would bring this all back to something that many of our listeners can probably relate to, as they may not be mountaineers, but anyone that has ever had children, you remember the first time that you took your newborn baby <laughs> on a trip somewhere and you remember how infinitely more complicated it was traveling with that infant than it was just as a couple. I mean, whether you're going to see your parents back east or your brother in New Mexico, or whatever, then remember what it was like once your second child was born. <laughs> and now infinitely more complicated that was. So I would draw the analogy that traveling with PD is like planning to take at least two kids on a trip somewhere. Except I am the kid, so <laughs> it's a little more awkward to plan my own diaper changes. <laughs> yes, this is true, Travis. I mean, I had three children, and we used to camp, and when we would take a trip, it was... It was just amazing to me that we ever got out the door. Like we, it was yeah. incredible. Three rig circus is how my mother described it. 
She <laughs> raised three sons. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it was. And that is totally true. It's so crazy. So you may not just have PD meds that you're taking. You may have other health issues. Maybe you're on heart drugs, blood pressure, <laughs> I mean, cholesterol, whatever it is you're taking, whatever, even your supplements, you know, you might need to make sure you have your supplements with you, even if you're not taking a lot of PD drugs. I, I think it's important to really be mindful of all the things that we we need and to think ahead and go, what if X, Y, Z happens? I think that was a great point of view to, to just say, think about the unexpected. And, right, and I really plan for that to happen. Also right. plan for the stress and the physical exertion to take it out of you more than a day at home. I think that is very true. Everyone I've ever spoken to with PD has said that traveling just takes the wind out of their sails. I have to say that I appreciate the fact that you're willing to share what kind of time you put into this and and be clear with people about how important it is to to really be thoughtful. Again, a lot of it I think always comes down to mindfulness for me. We always come back to that theme that you have to be mindful about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And traveling is no different. And the more that you can do this, the better trip that you're going to have. You'll, your experience will be better. It's going to take more out of you at the front end, but I think the back end is going to be more satisfying if you can get organized and you can set yourself up. It sort of becomes sort of a win-win situation. Yes, it is less having things happen to you and more deliberately choosing to engage in things when they occur. So do I dare ask, where are you going on this trip? So this time of year, in particular, weather dictates more than anything else. So we have two plans. The first one, weather permitting, is to go up to the Sierras in the Golden Trout Wilderness near Mount Langley and hike up there for about 20 miles. The second is closer to home in San Gregorio Mountains where we have Seven peaks all above 10,000 feet, <laughs> culminating with Mount San Gregorio itself, which is 11,503. These are no jokes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is not for the faint of heart, in case you haven't understood this before. You can see that Travis definitely likes to challenge himself. 
And while he's gone, I just want to add, every so often during my day, I'll think, what's Travis doing now? <laughs> is he hanging from a mountain or is he actually climbing? My guess is that this is going to be a fun trip for you, Travis, and we'll want to do a little recap with you when you come back, because I would love to hear how it goes for you on this trip. I know you've been struggling with some problems, and your your PD has not been cooperating, even though you are asking it to. Um, and so hopefully you're going to be able to do all the things you want to do. I mean, I know you're going to do it. The question is, what kind of challenges will you face when you're doing it? And that for Fair. me is the interesting part, right? Right. Okay, Judy. I think that's a wrap. Thanks, Travis. Bye. Bing.